are listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Magic and give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Technology is not an expense, it's an investment. Look at what ThinkHR has done for our clients and even our team. It's an amazing product and I'm so thankful we have that. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Things are changing for us in 2021. Not all big business anymore. Now that we have Cover Wallet on our team, it's amazing that we're going to be able to write small business profitably. This is Power Producer Shop Talk production redefined are you ready to feel the power hey everybody welcome to power producers shop talk where we're refining redefining the sales game today we are back with one of my favorite linkedin follows who should be one of yours as well ms crystal Ware. crystal the floor is yours thanks for having us back hey i remember that one of one of the things that we were talking about last time was, you know, what motivated us to get started. And uh, I didn't have an opportunity to ask you, but I was going to follow up with it uh, this time to lead us off is, you know, do you see that your wife's success drives you to compete harder uh, and build, you know, something really bigger and tangible? I have to, otherwise I wouldn't be able to afford her. (laughs) I mean, it, all kidding aside, my wife is an absolute animal. Like she, she gets after it. She is very good at her job. Same. Um, we, yeah. I mean, Kyle. Funny enough, Kyle and I are both married to alpha males in <laughs> female bodies. Dude, it's ridiculous. It, 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 but, but I mean, they are probably very, very similar in terms of the cloth mm-hmm. that they're cut from. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's an accident. But I mean, it's 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 kind of funny. You know, my ultimate goal, truthfully is for my wife to quit her job and come be a producer. There you and go. she actually has interest in doing Really? That. I was going to ask um, if she would be down for that. That would be awesome. She, yeah, she does. And she would hmm. be deadly. She she would be better than me. So I might not allow that to happen. <laughs> but um, no, but I mean, I really think she would do very, very well with it. She's got the right skill set. She's a good educator. Um, she takes. Mm-hmm. She's very patient in teaching people. And I'm not. I mean, I, I, I am at the point of sale, but... She yeah. would be wildly successful. So yes, she her her success motivates me to push myself harder. Um, in, in the honest to God motivation behind that is, I want to get to a point, and we're probably we're no, there's no probably we're there right now. I want her to be able to leave her job so that she doesn't have to work. She can enjoy her kids while they're still young. I don't expect her to stay at home. You know, I, that's up to her as to whether or not she wants to do that. But um, she has actually, you know, mentioned it to me a couple of different times about what it would like for her be like for her to get her license and come out and produce. And if she did, she'd kill it. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. So my, my motivation is to get us to a position where that can happen and only because I know that the agency will get that much more ridiculous mm-hmm. when she's throwing business in the hopper. 
Yeah. And that, that's, I mean, my husband is very successful and that's, I'm just a competitive person. I mean, our, our household and we have three sons, it's like competition over anything <laughs> and everything you could think of. And that's what I just look at. Some, I, I know people think, well, why are you doing this? Your husband has a great job. You had a great job before. What are you doing? But in the back of my mind, and I tell my husband, I'm like, yeah, cause I'm going to, I'm going to out earn you at some point. And he just smiles and says, I, I would <laughs> I love you for you too. I hope you do. And thankfully as as much of an alpha male as he is too, he is so supportive and so happy and he would never feel bad if I, if I out her, he would be very proud. He would be, you know, probably with a sign telling everybody, my wife is a super success. Um, it, it's a tall task, but that, that is really what part, that little seed is what drives me. Um, and it's just interesting because, you know, you guys have successful wives too, um, and in a, in an industry that's kind of male dominated, uh, to see that you guys are, you know, killing it with extremely successful wives on the other side as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I find that fascinating. Well, I mean, I, I think I, I'm not going to speak for Kyle, but I can speak. You do from all the my time. Go ahead. <laughs> I, yeah. I, but I think that if Kyle's wife wasn't in the position that she's in, Kyle wouldn't be at Florida risk. He wouldn't have been able to make the financial decision because I couldn't afford to pay him a lot when I brought him on. Right. Like that was, yeah. that was established up front. I'm like, listen, man, if, if you're willing to bet, I, I, I'm almost a hundred percent sure. So, yeah. That when you, I had that conversation with him, mm -hmm. I, I said, if you're willing to bet on yourself, I'll give yeah. you a golden opportunity, but you got to understand here's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're cool with that and you know that you have my undying support, right. Then and, and it was, you'll that, have yeah, something it great. was that. And it was also, you know, if you can, if you can, you know, put your trust in me and be patient and know that I'm going to get you to where you need to be, um, you know, then, then I think we can do something special. And I mean, and, and I did, and that was a huge part of it, but yes, you're right. Like if, you know, if Elise wasn't, um, you know, in the position that she was, that would have made that a little bit harder. I don't know that it would have changed my decision, but it would have, um, it, I, I didn't have to do too much thinking. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. No, I think it made it very easy or much easier for you to make that decision. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so what you guys talk about, you know, your, both of your wives could do so, so, so well in this industry. And I mean, I do know some pretty successful ladies in insurance, but they are kind of few and far between. What do you see in your wives that make you think they would be so successful? It's, insurance for as well. me, it's what we've just talked about and what you talked about, the competitiveness uh, or competitive edge. Like, you know, my wife wants to win everything and it's not even like a, so she just won, for example, so she, she manages a team at ADP. So she's got like eight, anywhere between, you know, eight and like 14 reps on her team at a given point in time. And she used to be in the field selling. Now she doesn't do that. She just goes on meetings and helps her team sell and, and, and manages this team. But she just qualified for um, this this trip, this um, this contest that they do at the beginning of their fiscal. It's called like hot starts or something or whatever. So they've got to hit these metrics. And um, she was one of only two uh, like managers to in the in the region to qualify for it. And and the trip is to Napa, and we've never been. And we've talked about going there and doing the wine tours and all that kind of stuff with all the vineyards because it would be cool. But um, it it wasn't like she didn't really care about, it. she just wanted to literally win and qualify for it. She had such like this, she was like getting, <laughs> she turns into like this monster of like, just gets so stressed out because she wants so bad to qualify for these things. Doesn't care about the trip. Doesn't care about the it, reward that comes from it. It's never the trip. It. It, no. it is never the trip. No, 
and and it's like it's the and, and, it's the it's the name it's like i won yes what 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 did you win i don't yes. know but i won she was she she had so much fear because she qualified for um president's cup when she was a rep uh her manager like told her head as she's like you know you're in they did this like the whole recognition thing for her and then they did like the final tally and it ended up that he was wrong and made a mistake didn't she miss by like just a few bucks it was or stupid something? It, it, it was the dumbest thing and it's like if you're adp you have to like you got to swallow that and just you know what is it two grand like come on give me a break but anyways like she was she was so embarrassed by that and 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 leading into this new you know this other competition she was just in so much fear. Like if, if that happened again, she wouldn't be able to. So she, she was go like, I mean, she was working ridiculously like, you know, she seven, eight o'clock at night, you know, trying to get stuff in and done. And, and I mean, I give her credit. Like, I mean, she, she, whenever, any time that, that I've known her, you know, since, since the beginning of time, she has been like, just so driven and would, she would, she would crush me at when, when we worked, um, at, you know, selling the office supplies together, like did on she, a did, weekly here's basis. A question, legitimate question too. Did she play sports growing up? Absolutely, and and I think that has okay. a big part of it. And I think people, I think it has a massive yeah. part of it because she played. You know, my wife. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. there's that. Right. She yeah. She played football. I mean, she did all the sports and everything growing up. But it, it's I, I think that that is a huge aspect of things that sometimes um, people don't really put as much weight on. But it, I mean, it, it's. Huge. Right. It's absolutely huge. I think it's the reason that I'm as competitive as I am. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the reason why my wife is as competitive as she is. She played soccer at a very high level, traveled all around the world playing soccer. And, um, you know, she's a tall soccer player. She is, and not a goalie, a yeah. defenseman. And you really? should hear her. Jer- okay. You should hear her Jersey mother recant the stories <laughs> of running down the sidelines when Andrea had the ball, and she'll say, I- "I'd give, I'd give anything for one more time at any any go down the hall, go go down the sideline." Dude, is is, I mean, is her is her mom the lady from Monsters Inc? Her her mom sounds like she crushes like, like a pack of Marlboro Reds a day, <laughs> and she doesn't smoke at all. It's crazy, but anyhow, yeah. So no, but but I think that's for for Annie's uh, perspective. I think that's what it is. I think I yeah. think it's the uh, number one. She she had, I wouldn't say a large family, but four kids, mm. relatively close in age. Yeah. So that breeds Bigger its own level average. of competitiveness, Brothers. right? When you when you're you're fighting for resources in the home, right? What, what, what's um, the is it like brothers and sisters, or does she have all brothers, she, or what? Um, her brother is the oldest, okay. and she has one older sister and one younger sister. Okay. So there's that. Um, mm-hmm. You're competing for your parents' attention. You're competing for resources. I mean, I see it with my four. Yeah. Um, and then being in athletics, you know, you're taught that. You're taught those are, in my opinion, the stuff that you learn playing little league and sports. And then mm-hmm. as you continue through high school, and if you're lucky enough to play and good enough to play through college and everything else, the life skills that you gain mm-hmm. on how to be a teammate and yep. how to compete and how to be how coachable. To win Coachable, I think, coachable. is the biggest 100%. is the biggest part of it. I think that that is so overlooked. But that that that's the one the two things that stood out for me from sports that I learned that I take with me is is the is the being coachable. I remember my coach told me be coachable one time, and it just it stuck because I was being a dick in practice and I was like arguing with him. And then he sat me down and 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 I didn't play and and it was because of that and it and it clicked. But that and just the and and the want and desire to win, the, like the feeling of losing is so much worse than the, the the joy of winning in my opinion. I 
I am absolutely everybody's worst nightmare for any type of youth sports coaching. Because like if you were the coach, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, if I'm the coach, yeah, I, I have such coach a hard Dave. time dialing it back. Like I specifically did not coach my kids because I just I know where to draw the line. I know I know where my shortcomings are, mm-hmm. and I'm the guy that would be out. I I just I would be pushing them to the ri- most ridiculous limits. But there have been two or three occasions where nobody would step up and coach a team. And if I wasn't willing to do it, then one of my kids wouldn't have had the opportunity to play. So I bite the bullet and I do it. And to your point, man, (laughs) I was, I was coaching youth league basketball at the YMCA (laughs) and I had, I had a kid that didn't listen to me. And I told him two or three times and everybody in the stands Mm -hmm. saw me giving this kid direction and him ignoring me. And I pulled the Not Gene Hackman in Hoosiers, man. I okay. sat him down and we we played with four. Hey. I, yeah. I, I put four people on the floor. And but I more didn't importantly, get... what did the what did his parents do? Not were they accepting? Thing. There wasn't Great. anything they were gonna do because I'm a big That's boy good. and I would have taken his daddy in the park. No, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but, it's important that parents also support that. Like you can't be going around babying your children. Right. That's what's brilliant about coaching and having non parents, you know, somebody else's parents coaching you is it doesn't matter if your kid is great at sports or not. All of these skills that they learn, even if you're the terrible guy on the team, but you're the team cheerleader like you're you know going up and telling everybody else pumping them up there's a spot for you in the corporate world Mm -hmm. you know all these other things that you learn are really important but parents can ruin that by going against what the coach says and coddling their child yeah and, and so i started the three seasons that i coached in various sports you know i started it out by saying my goal is to win but if we don't win that's okay I'm not an everybody gets a trophy guy. My number one goal is that everybody on this team leaves a better human being first than you were when you got here. If you can take one thing out that helps you later in life from lessons you learn, I'll be fine with that. And so that's part of it. I think the same thing happens in the school system, though. You know, that's that's the other issue. You know, when you're dealing with teacher conferences and things like that and, you know, and look. Not every teacher is a great teacher, just like not every insurance agent is a great insurance agent. You got some that are good and some that are not good. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you don't support them in their endeavor of trying to get your your children educated. And, you know, unfortunately, a couple of my kids are more like me than they are like their mother. And so I end up in parent teacher conferences (laughs) and or on the phone. And when I get that phone call, you can tell that that teacher, you know, is very defensive from the beginning. And I put them at ease right out of the box and say, look, I get it. I deal with the general public every day. I'm sure you have your fair share of these conversations where you are just berated for picking on somebody's kid. Yeah. You have the benefit of, of me knowing my kid. <laughs> right. I know, <laughs> I know my son. I know how he operates. I know who his parents are. He's just like his parents. And so I want you to know that this call is for me to understand. It it, it is for me to understand how I can best support you. I don't want him being a distraction in the class. I want him learning. I expect him to be respectful. So you have my 100% permission to be 
point blank honest with me. Tell me what's going on. I am, and then I'll boil it back and say, take it back and say, look, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not here to stick up for my kid. Just yeah. tell me what's going on and let's figure out how to solve the problem. We have the same objective here. And I think that's huge, man, because there's so many parents out there that think that their kid can't do anything wrong. And the first thing they're going to do is grab them by the th- grab a teacher by the throat, not even asking any questions. Like it's it's just a natural instinct. And I'm not that way. You know, if my kids have to get in trouble and suffer some consequences because that's what they need from a learning experience standpoint, I'm going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the helicopter parent. That's, I want them to make decisions and understand there are consequences and rewards that come from decisions. I don't, I'm not right. going to make the decisions for them. Even with my 19-year-old, he's like, hey, do you think I should buy this car? I don't know. Do you think you should buy the car? Why do you think you should buy it? Why wouldn't you buy it? Can you afford it? What are you going to do to make sure you can continue to afford it? Like, I, I want him to come to the conclusion on his own, and it drives him nuts because I am so noncommittal <laughs> in giving him advice. At some point, there, there are times when he says, Dad, I, just, I really want your advice. And as soon as he says that, now I'm going to give it to him. Right. Otherwise, I'm leading him to a decision or allowing him to, to figure it out. And you know what? I have noticed as Grayson has gotten older that by me doing that, he actually is making really good decisions on his own. And I don't have to be involved anymore or not as much. And and I will tell you as a, exactly as an agency owner and as you develop to grow your um, employee base and your client base, that's the exact, you know, there's a total translation in that from early mentorship of an employee, like a young employee and helping them come to the conclusion so that when they are ready to elevate to another role, they feel confident in their decision-making capabilities because you've taught them that and helped Mm -hmm. them come to the right thought process without being a dictator about it. You know, so that's why I I find that I talk when when we're talking about, you know, work stuff, uh, whether it's with my, you know, neighborhood friends or whoever, um, there's a lot that translates between parenting and uh, business ownership and it's interesting for me because I have three smaller kids that, you know, now what I'm doing with my kids is what I need to remind myself to do at work or vice versa. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing at work, I need to do like you, you saying that it's a total reminder to me with my kids, like help them come to the conclusion, but don't tell them. And, and that is hard for me when I see they're going in the wrong direction. It is hard for me to not jump in. Um, but that's the way people learn and grow. And that's what we have to do as good mentors, good bosses, um, good agency owners. So you asked us why we thought our wives would be successful in the insurance industry counselor. And now it's my turn (laughs) to turn the tables on you. So I'm interested in what led you to believe you would be successful in the insurance industry. Number one. And number two, what advice would you give to any of our female listeners out there who are just sort of sticking their toe in the water. Maybe they're new as a producer or new as an agency principal. What advice would you give them? All right. Well, to answer question number one first, uh, you know, I just bet on myself. I had, you know, enough technical insurance knowledge uh, that I just knew I could do it, that I had drive, determination. I am goal-oriented and I have in other areas of my life. Uh, I always analogize it. I'm a marathon runner to that. You know, if you can put one step and one foot in front of the other and, and hit your plan for a marathon, that is such, 
analogy for life. Um, So would it surprise you at all that both my wife and I have completed multiple marathons? No. And I tell people, if you can commit and make a plan, it's goal orientation. 100%. Anybody can complete a marathon. You have to be willing to do the work to get there. And, right. and, and some people can actually do it without the work, but you're going to die. You're going to die. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it's, a well-known, work, it's a well-known story that my actual last half marathon was the Disney wine and dine roughly five years ago. Um, I was not cleared by the cardiologist to run it because I had been dealing with an abnormal EKG, which they basically have come back and just said, this is the way it is. You know, there's nothing that we need to be concerned about. I have an EKG every year. It always looks the same at this point. So they've basically said this is normal after echoes and stress tests and everything else, but I wasn't allowed to run. And so I had quit my training about a month prior and we were over at Disney and I got up at three 30 in the morning to drive my wife over to the, the starting line. And she said, I really wish I didn't have to do this by myself. And now comes my competitive nature mm-hmm. and my desire to make my wife happy. And I said, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it with you. I want, I, I'll, I'll, I'll complete the race with you, but I don't want you staying with me. You need to go ahead of me. You're going to finish faster, whatever else. And so I actually, it shows up in my Facebook memories every uh, late January, early February now where I, um, it wasn't, yeah, it was the wine and dine. So it would be coming up this month in November, this next month mm-hmm. in November. I was taking pictures of every mile marker so that people knew that when I stopped taking pictures, that that's where they should start looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> because I had not trained, you know, I had done my training as best I could up until, but I, I, I stopped like a month before the training was supposed to stop. Now, when I did my marathon training, my long run was two weeks before the actual marathon, and then you really taper off. You almost do nothing for the last mm-hmm. two weeks, and then you're banking on your adrenaline to get you through. But I ended up, um, I, I finished the half marathon with with minimal training, and said I'm never doing this again, <laughs> and I haven't. But I I look at, I look at it, and there's there's my wife went to the finish line. She could have finished, and she came back and found me. So she actually ran about 16 miles that day, wow. as opposed to 13. And there's a Jeez. picture, and, and it'll be. I'll put it. I'll put it on social. But there's a picture of us holding our hand, holding hands, crossing the finish line together. Yep. And I and I definitely go. think when I when I've met people in life who I know have run marathons, I think you know that says something about you. That says that you can put it. It's kind of the same. What I really feel about a college degree as well. I don't think we need a college degree, but what it says is that you, you set you a goal something through to completion. and you, exactly. And if you can do that, you can parlay those same desires, goals, skills, drive, discipline, whatever into doing something bigger. So, um, yeah, that's where I, I just felt that, you know, I, if I put a goal out there, I will find a way to achieve it. So it kind of helped the, um, the fear in the, the jumping off point. Uh, and what was your second question? Oh, I don't remember. I thought you wrote it down. <laughs> so I, I will ask you another, I will ask you a different question though, since I can't remember that one. And this one's probably as much or more relevant. So what would you say the insurance industry needs to do to attract more crystals? And in your role as an agency principal slash producer, as opposed to underwriter and account executive? 
So I, I, and I think you were asking what, what I think the other question was, was something advice about to new people yeah, coming in. Yep. So same thing. And, and I would, differently. I would say we as a whole, including myself need to make it more apparent that, you know, this is a great job for women that can offer, especially in the mid market space, like your agency, my agency, where there is a lot of flexibility. So moms that don't, you know, they want to keep working, but maybe I'm torn about my kids and I want to stay home and mm-hmm. I'm missing out. Your kids are guilting you. That happens to me a lot. Um, there could be a lot of flexibility. And if you prove to most any, you know, me or you, if you prove that you're going to be dedicated, nobody's going to be staring at you for FaceTime. Nobody's going to be like, you have to be in from eight to five. Mm-hmm. You can work and tailor your schedule around what works for your family. And I think that that, you know, there's not a lot of other industries where you can make such a good living and be that flexible um, if you're successful. And that to me is a golden ticket for working moms um, and will keep a lot of moms that might otherwise be extremely smart, extremely dedicated and hardworking who put themselves on the sidelines because they can't find that kind of balance. Um, So I think we just need to do a better job of showing people that are out there and then allowing good people that flexibility and trusting people, especially in this day and age with technology. Um, Trust has to be earned though. I I don't like when people just expect day one that, you know, right. You're going to go off on your own. Some people do expect that these days and that's a hard pill to swallow. You get a basic basic level of trust, right? At the beginning, you get a very basic level of trust in, how that gets modified depends on your own behaviors. Exactly. It either increases or decreases and that's up to you. It's not up to me. You know, with your answer, the other thing is it goes back to the marathon example, right? If you, if you're a marathon runner, if, if, if I'm interviewing you and it comes up in conversation that you're a marathon runner and you were in the, uh, the industry or a similar industry in sales capacity ended up having some kids and decided you were going to take off and handle the family stuff for a while I'm 100% confident that you're going to get your job done, right? You know, if you can if you can see something like 26.2 miles and know all of the daily grind you have to go through to train just to be able to complete that race on race day, I'll take a bet on you because I know you're going to be able to balance your professional life. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to determine what your sales goal is and you're going to have the behaviors you need to have to hit that number. You've already proven it in another aspect of your life. Those skills are completely transferable in my opinion. Absolutely. 100%. Well, listen, we've been going for a while. We're wrapping up. I know that we're over. Um, I appreciate you coming on with us today. And you know, if I had to guess, I'd assume Crystal's already got another meeting. She's going to walk directly into. (laughs) So I'm going to let you go. We appreciate you being on and probably do one more, maybe two next week. Uh, to record, but this was a good one. Good, good session today. Kyle, take us home. Yeah, everybody, we will catch you next week on the Power Producers Shop Talk. See ya. Yeah, he says, see ya. I say review us. Make sure you go to iTunes mm. or wherever you listen and give us some positive feedback. Give us negative feedback. I don't care. Some you give sort us of negative feedback. feedback. Yeah, I'll, I'll reverse engineer it, figure out where you live and come rip your larynx out with my bare hands. That's fine. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> everybody have a great weekend. See ya. You 
You've been listening to Power Producers Shop Talk. You can follow us at the Power Producers Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to take your game to the next level, check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit Amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book, The Extra Two Minutes.